0: Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans.
1: And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple.
0: It's not even the midway point of the NFL season, yet the Green Bay Packers season is on the brink of slipping away. The Packers have a three and four record, and have a daunting schedule in front of them can the Packers ship be rated can they still make the playoffs for the fourth straight year greetings I'm Gary Wolfel and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast good morning partner
1: good morning my friend probably a better morning for us than the guys at 1265 Lombardi (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, the over/under was that Rob wouldn't take a shot at the Packers for at
1: least 45 seconds. <laughs> well, you you should always know to bet the under on that, Gary.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, they they are uh, reeling these days, and an understatement of major proportions to say the Packers are struggling. The offense, which has been potent the last three years, is bafflingly bad. The special teams remains nothing special. And the defense, while outstanding against the pass, has been horrible against the run. Rob, our assignment for today's podcast was to come up with three ideas in which the Packers can look like the Packers of recent years. A legitimate Super Bowl contender. I know this is a daunting assignment, but if anybody can handle it, it's you. So let's break down three areas or have three ideas in which the Packers uh, can clean up this mess, you know? We'll start with you, number three. All right,
1: so I'll start with my number three. Maybe you go three, then I'll go two, you go two. You want to do it that way, Gary? Yep,
0: yep, perfect.
1: All right, uh, my, my number three is to dump Amari Rogers yesterday. <laughs> and not just as a returner, Gary, but but get him off the roster. That, that That's a country club over there, Gary. It, it really is. They don't practice nearly to the level in terms of difficulty and time that they have with past coaches. They have all these, uh, you know, rest days, these mental days. Matt LaFleur calls it the above the head days. You know, even, even last week, he, he coming off the two game losing streak to the Giants and the Jets, he, he spent the week talking about having fun and things like that. Gary, this is big boy football. It's a, it's a big boy business, as Ted Thompson used to say. I think they need a move inside that locker room to shake things up. And and to let everybody know they're on alert. Everybody's job is maybe hanging by a thread. They they did that a few years back. You remember with with guys like haha ha Clinton Dix and Ty Montgomery and yeah, precisely. Like that and 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 shipped them out of town in that miserable 2018 season. And you know Amari Rogers and and you know the only thing going for him, Gary, is that he was a third round draft pick by Brian Gutekunst. And Gudikunst, who's obviously the general manager, would be the guy who has to make the call on Rogers. If, if it's something Matt Lafleur would want, you know, he has he, got to get whatever the principal to sign off on that, right, Gary? And whether or not Gudikunst is ready to pull the plug on this guy, I don't know. He's he's had fumbled punts in two of the last three games. They've got some early momentum on Sunday against Washington. They're up seven nothing. And the Commanders punt it to Rodgers and he puts it on the ground again. Washington recovers, you know, settles for a field goal. But some of that early momentum Green Bay had then is all of a sudden gone. Gary, if you remember even a month, four to six weeks ago, probably when when Rodgers started the season okay, you know, I, I made the point on this podcast to say, Gary, it's a matter of time. He's going to put it on the ground. Watch how he carries the ball. He's loose with it. He doesn't cover up and protect the way that the great punt returners in the game do. I mean, on top of it, Gary, he has zero explosiveness. Um, So, you know, he's at seven yards of return right now. So the combination that he can't secure the ball um, he has zero explosiveness. The only reason he's on the field ever as a wide receiver is if they're down three or four guys due to injury, He's completely fallen out of favor in that room. He had already lost his job as the kick returner. One of my solutions right away, Gary, is is to send a shockwave or two through that locker room and and make a statement and say goodbye, Amari Rogers.
0: Rob, I I couldn't agree with you more. Remember when Playboy Magazine used to list the top 10 party schools in the
1: country? I'm not familiar with that publication, Gary.
0: Okay, someday I'll... uh...
1: (laughs) As my parents would have dug them out from under my bed, probably. Right. 35 yeah, exactly. years ago. But uh, oh, I, I do remember that. Yes. yes. And, and
0: if you recall, they never, ever listed Wisconsin. Because as they noted later on, Wisconsin is in a class by itself. You know, there's no need to even talk about it. that's how I felt about when you brought up about uh, Amari Rogers. Yeah. You know, I, I'll i be honest with you. If I was the Packers, I would have killed them after the game. I wouldn't have even waited. Uh, they they have seen enough of this guy, and uh, I, I thought that was just an absolute killer Sunday against the uh, Commanders. The Packers came out and played really well in their first two uh, possessions, and I thought, man, they, you know, they're starting to uh, click on all cylinders offensively for the first time, and. And then all of a sudden he comes along and muffs that punt. And it was just, it's got to just be a devastating blow to a team. You know, you're in that situation. So, yeah, unfortunately I, uh, I, I didn't have him in my top three, but like I said, you know, (laughs) that to me uh, has to be resolved and and resolved quickly. My number three uh, suggestion for the Packers is, are you sitting down, Rob? (laughs) I am. Wrap the two back set. I'm a big proponent that you don't try to fix what isn't broken. I applaud the Packers for being creative, trying to come up with a new gadget offensively. I get the fact that they're in a transition period, that they're trying to maximize the talents of, of two very good players, you know, Dylan and, and Jones. But the bottom line is it's not working. I think the Packers uh, have to get back to what Rogers referred to as simplifying things and go back to their basic offense and, you know, uh, make some adjustments to it. But I love the idea last year in particularly where Jones, you know, got the bulk of the carries, at least I shouldn't say for the whole year, but he kind of set the tone. And then when he got a little tired, they brought in Dylan, who was fresh and, and, and he took over. And now I see them both on the field and, I, and I'm thinking like just by be, having them both on the field, they're going to tire at some point. But uh, again, uh, I'm not one of those people that say, let's fix what isn't broken. And the last year, that, that combination was very, very good.
1: Gary, I think, you know, you, you make good points. I, I think in the grand scheme of Green Bay's problems, I don't know that the two back set is in the in the top three, but you, you, you do make some some good points it, it it leads well i think into my number two if you want to transition to that gary and staying on the jones dylan thing just run the damn ball gary you know that exactly you know that's my number two 12 carries again on, on sunday eight for jones uh four for dylan gary over the last three games they've thrown the ball 70 percent of the time it's an inexcusable number it's mind-boggling to me when you know two of your best three offensive players are, are running backs right the, the the quarterback and the two running backs i think without question are your number one two and three at least skill position players right now and you're throwing the ball 70 percent of the time it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense you know i i kind of cheated a little bit gary and at, at number two because i'll be honest i think i think green bay's got about 10 of these problems you and i could go through yeah. Yeah. but but the, you know the other half i went to both sides of the the line of scrimmage, Gary, you know, run the ball and stop the run and, 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 and they have been able to stop the run for, for several years now, but, but it's, it, you know, it, it, it's getting worse and worse and worse that this particular season, I, I think they're down to 27th now in rushing defense, Gary, after Washington hit them for about a buck 65 the other day, they're giving up 140 yards on the ground, you know? So, so the combination of the fact that they can't control the lines of scrimmage That they can't run the ball, Gary, and they can't stop the run is absolutely killing them. Washington had the ball the other day, Gary, for 37 minutes and change, 14 minutes more than than what Green Bay had the football. They ran 25 more plays than the Packers did. They had, a, I think it was about 140, 150 more yards than green Bay did when, when the Packers had to make a stop of any significance, Gary, especially in that second half defensively, you know, they couldn't do it. And again, they couldn't put together sustained drives. Why? Because they can't run the football and they can't stop the run. Do they have answers on the roster to do that? I don't know. You, 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 you could go to a bigger front obviously. And maybe play a little more four, three and introduce that. If you're, if you're Joe Barry on, on some I'm of all these areas, you know, Rob, I know you are, you're a big, you're a big four, three guy. Um, their secondary is so good, Gary, that this might be the, the kind of team that can get away with that. But Rashawn Gary had a brutal day the other day against the run. Uh, Quay Walker was pretty good against Washington, but he's been inconsistent. He's been up and down. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting beat up front with that, you know, three man defensive line at times uh, Washington's a very mediocre run team, Gary med- pedestrian offensively. Yeah. And, and for them to control the ball in the line of scrimmage like they did, man, I mean, if, if, if they can't slow those guys down, what, what, what's going to happen over the over the next few weeks, right when 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 they see Derrick Henry and then when they see the two backs that Dallas can trot out there, right and and Philly runs the ball okay and we can get into this later, Gary. But but their next five games on the schedule, four of these teams are going to be in the playoffs. You know, we'll break that down
0: later for sure.
1: For sure. You know, we'll, we'll get into that, but it's a three and four Packer team that the next five games, Gary, are pretty brutal. And if, you know, if if they can't figure out some of these problems and get them corrected um, you know, it's the, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. This, this string of playoff runs under Matt LaFleur will end in 2022.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I just want to backtrack a little bit on, on my number three suggestion of scrapping that, uh, two backs that Dylan has not l- looked good. You know, I mean, last year, I mean, it looked like he was really, really developing, that he's moving forward. And, and this year, I think he's regressed and, and I'm not saying it's all on him. Uh, you know, a lot has to do with play calling. A lot has to do with the offense line, but he just doesn't look like the same back to me that he was a year ago.
1: Totally agree, Gary. You know, he, he he didn't break a lot of long runs last year, and that was the one knock on him. I think he only had, you know, I I could count it on one hand how many runs he had over 10 yards, and I think it was only one over 20. He, he's never going to be that kind of a back. But you would like him to get five, six a pop here and there. Yeah, and run yeah. people over. He is going down easier, I agree, Gary, than than maybe he has in, in past years. At least it appears that way on tape uh you know when i when i go and and re some of this stuff i i don't know he he's the same physically he, he he's you know he's still 247 48 pounds i asked him a week or two ago what he weighed thank god no one asked me that these days gary um but uh <laughs> as a matter of fact rob
0: how much do you weigh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You know but 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 those but those are things you're allowed to ask football players when, when you're kind of curious because yeah I, I, absolutely i, I, I I didn't, I didn't know if he was the same because I have noticed those same things, Gary, that he's gone down quicker, gone down easier. And again, you, you and I disagree on this a little bit that they, they have a running back in, in Aaron Jones, who, who I think is one of the five best in football and I agree. I agree okay. Well. Maybe we're on, maybe we're on the same page yeah. there. And at, you know, at,
0: at, at the very worst top seven, you know, let's yeah,
1: say, I mean, feet at worst. So, so, so maybe you cut into Dylan's carries a little bit and 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 beef Jones up a little bit, but there's a, there again, Gary is another week. Uh, you know, last week he's got eight carries. Yeah.
0: Inexcusable.
1: It's it's just inexcusable. And, and LaFleur will get to the podium week after week after week and, you know, take the blame for it. And, and we've covered this ground on, on the podcast before, whether that's a Matt LaFleur issue or an Aaron Rodgers issue, no one's quite sure of, but the one suffering in the process is Aaron Jones. And, and, and I'm with you, Dylan doesn't quite look the same. So, I mean, I mean, Dylan's the guy who actually led him in rushing last year. He was, he was a little over 800 and, and, and Jones, Mm -hmm. I think was at 799. They were separated by like four yards. Right. And, um, you know, so, so maybe this is a year where, where Jones goes back to 11, 1200 and you feed him a little bit more. And Dylan's got five, 600 when, when it's all said and done, but, but the bottom line is they absolutely have to run the ball more than they have and, and stay committed to it, even when they fall down uh, by a score or two, because I mean, we, we, we could spend all day on this, but yeah. the, the wide receiver group is so remarkably pedestrian. And now, you know, not only was a, was a mediocre to, to a lousy group, Uh, to start the year. Now they're injured as well. So um, I don't know how, if you're Matt LaFleur going to Buffalo this week, you don't say to yourself, we're we're, we're playing Wisconsin Badger offense. We're running the ball 60% of the time. Let's
0: not get carried away here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, 35 points a game under Jimmy.
0: Oh God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, my number two uh, suggestion for uh, Matt LaFleur is, and this is a little little dicey. I, I would say quit moving the offensive line pieces around. I, I know that's easier said than done, especially with injuries and uh, the uncertainty surrounding David Bakhtiari's availability. But now is the time to s- stick with that same group that started against Washington. And that group, Rob, I, I thought did a pretty decent job. I, I thought for the most part, Rodgers had uh, plenty of protection. He didn't get sacked, as I recall, correct? Correct. I mean, you know, that's the start. So, But uh, I I leave Jenkins at left guard. Enough of moving him from left tackle, right tackle, to wherever. Just leave him at left guard. I think it's his best spot. And uh, I saw some former Packer the other day. He uh, went on Twitter, and he made the uh, same assessment. So uh, I really believe that's that's a spot that he could be, as good as he is, he could be great at that spot. I'd leave uh, Zach Tom at left tackle. I, I, I thought he played really well. I think he's got a huge upside. I would leave Myers, of course, at center. I'd leave Runyon at right guard and Neiman at, at right tackle and go from there. Uh, as you well know, Rob, if you want a good offensive line, you have to develop some chemistry, some cohesiveness, some consistency. And uh, again, barring an injury, I keep those five guys together for the rest of the season.
1: I will say this, Gary, and I agree with you. I think the moving parts are now, that that stage of the football season is over. I, I, I think they have found the spots where they want guys. Now, keep in mind over that first four to six weeks, they were dealing with a lot of uncertainty and and goofiness when it came to injuries, right? Bakhtiari misses the first two games. Then he's kind of on a pitch count for for two or three weeks and splitting time at at left tackle with Yash. Um, They weren't sure exactly what they'd get out of Jenkins right out of the shoot. But during that process, I think they found out Newman is clearly not one of their best five. Mm-hmm. So now they, they, they've, they've gotten him out of the mix, even on Sunday, Gary, you know, it's, it's, it's 10 o'clock and, and they're 10 AM and they're working out Bakhtiari and he says, I can't go. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it it's crazy. So it, it's very easy. I think for us to sit here on the podcast and say, stop moving pieces around. We need consistency and, and they need continuity and, and that kind of stuff. And, and your point is certainly well taken, but a lot of this is out of Matt LaFleur's hands just due to the, you know constant injury situation yeah that, precisely that, that i mean that he is dealing with and and, and gary i mean let, let's be honest he's probably dealing going to going to have to deal with this the next 10 10 weeks with david Bakhtiari until they can cut him in the off season and and move on from that you know in, insane contract that 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 they signed him to and you know but, but that's a february topic for us i guess not an october topic you know but for the next 10 weeks Matt LaFleur is going to have to deal. I think with the fact week in and week out, do I have 69 or not? You're right. I thought Tom played. Okay. Now keep in mind, they gave him a ton of help. Um, Matt LaFleur even said on Monday, he had to scrap a chunk of his playbook and, and the plays that they liked going into that Washington game, to keep an extra guy in to help Tom as much as they did. But Tom's a guy, Gary, who, who had a really good summer. And I, I think his best position is probably going to wind up being on the interior, maybe not at left tackle, but but he showed them that he can at least in a pinch jump out there and, and play that spot. He's he's one of these versatile guys that they love to draft, right? That, yeah. um, that, that, that come out of college having played three, four positions as they've come up through the ranks and, and they've got a handful of linemen. That, that have done that. So, I mean, I, I think in a perfect world for them moving forward, they go Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, uh, Runyon, and and Yash out at right tackle, and they roll with that. But I, I, the wild card in this whole thing is going to continue to be 69, right? And and what they have week in and week out out, out of Bakhtiari. And, you know, it's it, it's unfortunate, obviously, but here we are, Gary, almost Almost two years removed from that injury, and and he's still kind of a week to week uh, toss up, and and they're guessing on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday if they're going to have him or not on a Sunday. So so that's going to throw wild cards into it. But I, but I do like that one quite a bit if they can if they can establish some consistency up front. Obviously, everything else offensively has a chance then to roll from there because if. If if they have a day of blocking people like they did the previous week against the Jets, the <laughs> offense has no opportunity to get off the ground. Yeah, a- a-
0: absolutely. They they gotta make a determination on Bakhtiari. I mean, they, they can't keep playing this guessing game. But but again, even if he comes back, I keep those other four guys in their spot unless something really, really dramatic happens, you know, somebody gets hurt. But uh, moving along, I'd I, I be honest with you, I can't wait to hear what your number one is. Uh, I, I was kind of speculating what, you know, what you might uh, come up with, like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers needs more girlfriends or <laughs> a different girlfriend or Matt LaFleur needs a new haircut. What, what, what do you got there, big guy?
1: When my kids were, were growing up, I coached them in a lot of things. And, and the one constant that I would tell their teams every single year, and it, it didn't matter the sport, it didn't matter the team. I would tell everybody on bad teams, nobody leads on mediocre to good teams. The coaches lead and on great teams, the players lead. And right now, Gary, there's not one player on that team that's leading. They, and and they need that to be the quarterback. And the problem is he's a God awful leader. They, They have a $50 million quarterback right now, Gary, who's always pissed off. And yes. <laughs> he's, he's, he's pissed off at, you know, the, 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 players now, the, the young guys that he's been given, he was pissed off, you know, two years ago they did, they draft three years ago, they drafted Jordan love he was, he was, he was, he was ticked off when he, he didn't have enough organizational power a year ago, you know, he wanted a new contract he always ticked about something, but Gary, he does not lead. And I'm not saying what these young guys right now on the roster, the, the, the Romeo dubs, the Samari two the, you know, just, just in general, the young and inexperienced wide receivers and pieces that he has, even the guys up front blocking for him. Now, he doesn't need to be this warm, fuzzy best friend with all these guys, but, but Gary, it wouldn't hurt if he encouraged some people too from one, you know, once in a while you watch him and he's, He's sitting alone on the sidelines. He's not inspirational whatsoever. It's it's the constant eye rolls, the throwing his hands up in the air, uh, the poor Aaron, poor Aaron, poor Aaron routine. It gets old, Gary. And guess what? He's a big part of this problem that's going on right now. We're, we're not watching Aaron Rodgers from 2020 and 2021 right now. We're watching 2018 Aaron Rodgers. We're watching the guy that got Mike McCarthy fired. Seven games in, Gary. He does not have one signature game. I, I would argue at this point in time, he has four straight games where his passer rating is under a hundred. He doesn't have a 300 yard passing game yet. Mm-hmm. And you know how many games he's had over 250 yards, Gary. Just uh,
0: two. Yeah. We talked about that a little bit last week. Yeah. Man, he, he's been uh, incredibly mediocre
1: at best. He he really has. I mean, his deep ball passing has been really bad. The I mean, the one he threw the other day for, for Sammy Watkins, um, where they should have gotten a pass interference call on it because Watkins was interfered with Rogers overthrew him so badly. They went and picked up the flag uh, because they ruled that it was an uncatchable ball. So my suggestion Gary is, is this group needs a leader inside and it's, and it's time for the $50 million quarterback to grab a mirror, stop blaming everybody else, stop blaming those young receivers. And you know, when he's asked about his play this season, don't say things like, Oh, I could play a tick better. You know, (laughs) Gary, Gary, he could, he could play about 4 million ticks better for what they're paying him and and gobbling up a quarter of the cap and all that kind of stuff. It's time he owns his stuff. And for this team to get things turned around Gary, because let's be honest. They're they're not going to add three new wide receivers at the trade deadline. They're, they're, they're they're not going to fix, you know, everything that ails them on the defensive side or special teams. They need the two-time defending MVP to play like the two-time defending MVP again, and not this guy that, you know, forced them to draft Jordan love three seasons ago. Hey, I get it. Rogers has been dealt a hand this year. That isn't perfect it's not Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and, and Randall Cobb and Jermichael Finley and James Jones. Is it, 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 you know, it's, it's Alan Lazard and, and, and Sammy Watkins and, and a bunch of rookies, right? It's, it's, it's not great personnel around him, but when, when you're 39 years old Gary and you've been in the league this long and you've seen everything there is to see, you've got to find a way to lead and it's time for him to step up and lead and whether or not he can do it or not, Probably determines where this season goes. He hasn't been a great leader. His first uh, fifteen years as a starter, his first eighteen years in town. It's kind of now or never, Gary. This thing could go south in a hurry, and if it does go south, I, I think it's got the uh, the, uh, the ability to potentially implode.
0: Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't disagree with any of your assessments. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been a Roger <laughs> fan, a Rogers fan for his whole career, basically, and. Um, but there are there are shanks in his armor. There, there's flaws to his game and his personality. And uh the one one thing I would have suggested to Aaron a long time ago is cut the uh, body crap language, you know. Okay. Uh if one of your teammates screws up, get get over it, you know, and move on to the next play. But you know, he'll look towards the sidelines and say, you know, this this guy screwed up, it was his fault or whatever. And you know, let's face it, Rob. <laughs> As as bad as things are, I can't imagine any other quarterback coming in and, and changing things. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. I think the uh, talent around him is, is suspect at best. Uh, you and I talked about this ad nauseum last year already about the receiving core when they had Devonte Adams, you know, one of the top ten receivers in the league, and and they don't have him anymore, and they didn't replace him. I contend that's like one of the three worst receiving cords in football. I, I I just think it's it, it's really bad. It's almost like a high college level. And, I agree. And and you know, if guys aren't getting open and, and they've had breakdowns and pass protections, I I'm not gonna heap this all on Rogers by any stretch, but yeah, he deserves a portion of the blame. And I, I think he's gotta be a little more introspective and say, hey, you know what? And I agree with you 100%. There's only one guy in that offense that can lead that team and that's him. Uh, if he doesn't lead, they're in a world of trouble.
1: Well, Gary, you know, for all his warts, and he certainly had plenty of them, the one thing Brett Favre never did was show up teammates on the field. He right. never sold them out <laughs> at, at, at the podium. But, you know, Brett, Brett could go 31 for 35 and, and he would take all the blame for the four incompletions. You know what I mean? He... Mm-hmm. Brett would always put the blame back on himself and and Aaron has never stepped up and taken blame really in his career for anything. So, no, I mean, uh, I, Gary, listen, I, like I said, I, he, he's been dealt a short deck, but my, my point is that th- th- there are many ways to lead and to do it in a, in a negative divisive way. It, all that's going to do is destroy a team and, yeah. and they, need, they need him more than ever to be, you know, a a positive leader um, that, you know, if if they are all in this thing, you know, together and, you know, then, then, then then Aaron's got to be at the forefront here of, of kind of rallying the troops, not Matt LaFleur and not Joe Barry and not Rich Bisacci or anybody like that. It's, you know, again, the, the, the teams that function the best have, have player leadership that is remarkably strong and and they need Rogers to kind of be that guy, right now, more than ever, Gary, with the combination of what they're paying him, because let's be honest, Gary, one of the reasons they have these subpar wide receivers and some of these questions they have at other positions is because of the contract Rodgers has. Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady are playing for about half the amount of money that Aaron Rodgers is playing for. So guess what? You know, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Buccaneers, and obviously the Buccaneers have their own set of problems, but you can go out and spend an extra 20, $30 million on some of these you know uh positional groups that Green Bay can't address Gary um because Green Bay is giving Rodgers 50 million a season and you know the the way Brady and Mahomes and some of these other guys have their contracts structured they're not killing the salary cap the way Aaron Rodgers can kill it so you know a, a lot of this is also just based on the fact that you know Green, Green Bay's hands are tied in some things because of what they are paying guys like Rodgers so they need him Gary to be a positive force right now. Not, not a negative one, whether he has that in him or not. I, I guess, I guess we're going to find out here, but Gary, things are really close to going completely South and, and South quickly. I mean, they're, they're an 11 point underdog as as they go to Buffalo, you know, they're on the brink of going to, to three and five, which we haven't seen around here. in, 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 in quite some time, we, like we talked about, I always like to carve up the season, Gary, into about thirds, quarters mm-hmm. to thirds. So you know, if you look at those next five games that they have coming, yeah, uh, let's save
0: that for a little bit. Well, we'll get sure, into yeah, sure,
1: you can bounce back on if if you want there on, 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 on oh, and and oh, and we need your number one. Yeah, and and uh,
0: you and I are clearly on the same page. I think you had it number two, and my number one is give the damn ball early and often <laughs> to Aaron Jones. I mean, it's yep. well documented. The Packers are a dramatically better team when Jones is heavily involved in the offense. And, and, and what to me is disconcerting is Matt LaFleur has repeatedly mentioned this after, after games that they have to get the ball more to Aaron Jones. And then they start out the next game with Aaron Jones like Sunday. I think he carried the ball in the first play of the game. And he was involved in their first two possessions, which were very good. I mean, they could have been up 14 to nothing right off the bat. And all of a sudden, like you had mentioned earlier, they abandoned him and go in a different direction. And I just don't get it. I mean, if you're into analytics or you're just a casual observer, Aaron Jones is a damn important piece to this offense. And for him to be basically shoved aside, that doesn't make any any sense at all.
1: No, I mean he's really their only explosive player at this point in time. On precisely, and he, precisely. I mean, and yes, for again, for Matt Lafleur to continue to forget about him and 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 neglect him and 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 we see Aaron Jones's picture, you know, every Tuesday on the side of a milk carton. It, it's inexcusable, Gary. And oh. uh, and and again, I don't know if that's Matt, and I don't know if that's Aaron, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if that's plays being changed and, and things to that effect. I, I do deep down think Matt wants to run Aaron more than, than he's running him. And, and Rogers is clearly a, a pass happy guy. And he, and he changes out of a, a lot of various things that, that they do. But yeah, like I said, the, the numbers, the last three weeks are 70% pass versus 30% run. Um, and, and Gary, it's a huge reason why they've lost to the three teams that I think at the start of the year, everybody anticipated them beating. I'm going to bounce this off you quick, Gary. So last year, right? Yeah. Giants, Jets, Commanders. How many wins between the three teams? I'll
0: say 12.
1: 15. Good yeah. guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Green Bay won almost as many games by themselves <laughs> exactly. as, as, those, as well, those three teams. I, and I mean, they go 0 3 against that trio. What? I mean, what? If, if Gary, if you did a parlay back in August in <laughs> Vegas, right on, on green Bay, losing those three games in a row, you'd be retired right now. And well you are, I'd be retired right now, <laughs> Gary.
0: <laughs> I was retired for about 35 years, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. You'd have enough for the, you'd have enough for the whole next generation of Wolfels. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, seriously, it's, it's, it's incomprehensible that they could have lost those three games in a row to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, who in their right minds? Well, we'll talk about this a little more uh, later in the, in the podcast too, but who in their right minds would have ever thought the Packers would be three and four. I mean, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to be six and one or five and two at worst at this stage. I mean, what, what has happened is just absolutely mystifying.
1: Well, Gary, and then you think about too, how close they really are to being one and six, right? Tampa Tampa plays without all its wide receivers, right? And They have to, you know, hold off Tom Brady uh, in the, in the, in the final seconds going for a two point conversion and had the, had, had Tampa Bay not had the false start penalty and gone from the two to the seven um, that game's probably headed to overtime and, and Tampa had all the momentum there. And then you think they saw a third string quarterback who, who took the field for the first time in his life when new England came to town um, you know, three weeks, four weeks ago now, Gary, and they still had to go to overtime to beat Bailey Zappi and, 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 and those Patriots. So it is crazy that they're, you know, they're they're probably a a very fortunate three and four football team at this point in time. The, the real question becomes, is, is it going to matter? Can they put together any kind of stretch of good football here and, and go, let's say three and two in their next five, which is Buffalo, Detroit, Dallas, Tennessee, Philly, Man, I, I I think they would they would kill at this point in time to come out of that at three and two and then be five hundred heading you know head, heading to the home stretch with with just five games to go, Gary. But that that's a stretch where they could easily go two and three or one and four the way they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, well, that, let, let's segue into that uh, daunting schedule uh, that that they face over the next five games. I mean, they got Buffalo, and uh, you know, barring something unforeseen they're going to lose that game well we'll talk about that in a few minutes just the buffalo game itself but but i assume you and i are on the same page that, that looks like a loss right
1: and it may, maybe one gary that isn't isn't even competitive
0: you know what well again i'll, I'll get into that more later second game detroit at uh, now if they don't beat detroit and it's possible but I, I think they're going to beat detroit
1: right well you said to me last week on this podcast if they lose to the commanders the season's over
0: I said almost
1: over. <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we'll have to go back and review the tape. But There I you go. Where's our I replay? Where's, right, our where's replay the replay? Official? Hopefully they can do better than they did. The it,
0: yeah. You know what? I'm more inclined to say it is over than it's not. I mean, that that's a devastating loss. I mean, let's face Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. But, right. but, you know, again, we're kind of going off on different tangents here. They're saving graces. There's a lot of teams in the same boat as them. So, theoretically, correct. they're not going to win the division, but they still have a, a legitimate shot at a wild card. You know what I mean?
1: No, you're, you're absolutely correct. And, you know, the, the fact that the whole NFC West is struggling, that Tampa Bay, heck, the South, I don't think anybody's over 500 in that division, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, who who would have saw Seattle as, as the front runner in the NFC West? So, no, you're you're right. The only good division in the conference right now is, has been the East, right, with Philly, Dallas, and and the Giants. And, and, and who would have Who would have thought? thought? No, I, I, I agree. I mean, that was a God awful division two years ago and, but I I guess kudos to them. They've, they've kind of, some of those teams have rebuilt themselves. No, but I'm with you just back to Detroit for a second. Yes. That, that, that should absolutely be a win. So now they're, now they're four and five.
0: Okay. And looking into your crystal ball, Dallas, five, they're five and two. I'll tell you what, has there been a more malign coach, for doing I think a pretty good job than McCarthy right now I mean he's still on the hot seat
1: down there I don't know he went he went three and one with his backup quarterback and and everybody everybody when he was in Green Bay when he lost Rodgers in 13 and 17 said he couldn't win with backup quarterbacks now again he has surrounded himself with with really good coordinators and people right now in Dallas but he whatever he's still the head honcho so kudos to him they're they're on their way to 11 12 13 wins right now in Dallas he's putting together a putting together a heck of a season so Gary the way I see that is they've Green Bay then has back-to-back home games Dallas and Tennessee yeah and Tennessee Tennessee, I think is is a decent team they're they're far from special I have a feeling Green Bay splits those two games in some capacity because Tennessee is a quick turnaround coming back on a Thursday
0: yeah especially if they bottle up uh Derrick Henry like the last time they faced them I mean they did a phenomenal job on him i mean that tennessee is obviously a one-dimensional team they rely so so heavily on henry um i i do like the rookie wide receiver who the packers i thought should have went up and got but that's another story okay so then we come to uh a team called the eagles who are only six and oh you think the uh miami dolphins are kind of you know nervous that's what was it 72 team that went undefeated
1: I don't think they're too nervous of Jalen hurts. I know hurts <laughs> is playing really good football Gary. And that, and that's an incredibly complete football team. I mean, they, they really are. They've, they've beefed up the wide receiving core. The defense is outstanding. They have two stud corners. It's definitely the best team in the NFC right now. I, I think it's the third best team in football. Only I still think the two best teams in the league are, are Kansas city and Buffalo but I haven't studied Philly's schedule, Gary. But but I would think at some point in time, Jalen Hurts comes crashing back down to earth and and shows you why he was a second round draft pick. Um, you know, credit to him. I mean, he's playing like an MVP candidate. I just I don't know if he can keep it going for for a full seventeen games. But but Gary Green Bay is an 11 point favorite going to Buffalo. I would, I would think when they go to Philly, if all, you know, barring any injuries and we don't know about them right now, if all things uh, look kind of the way they do today, they've got to be an eight, nine point underdog when they go to Philly.
0: Yeah, no, no question about it. I, I will say this about hurts. I don't remember a quarterback taking such a quantum leap from one season to another, like he has, I mean, I saw him last year on several occasions and I go, you know what? He's a run-of-the-mill quarterback. He's gonna be mediocre probably, and we'll see how long Philadelphia holds on to him. And this year, like you said, man, he's a legitimate MVP candidate. He looks absolutely
1: great. No, he he does. Gary, I I think it was the COVID year of 2020 when Philly came to green Bay and Wentz was the quarterback and he was pretty bad. Most of that game. Yeah. I remember that. And and they benched him and they put in Hertz and Hertz really gave him some life. And, and he made some throws that night where I said, man, you could see right away. He was a better player than Wentz. Yeah. uh, but You know, he, he made some throws that I, I remember thinking to myself that this guy's got a chance. Like I didn't think he had that ability uh, coming out of college because you remember going into the, going into the draft um, that year in 2020, there, there were a lot of, a lot of scouts and, and teams around the league that were talking about uh, having him go play wide receiver. I mean, he's a, yes. he's a freak, he's point. a freak yep. He's yep. A good athlete, but, but yeah. a lot of teams had, you know, had no belief that he could, he could be an NFL quarterback. Well, not only has he turned into a quarterback, I mean, he's, he's one of the three to five best in the league so far, so far this season and you know he's got to be up there in the mvp talk with josh allen and patrick mahomes doesn't he
0: oh no question without a doubt i mean like i said i I, i've never seen i shouldn't say never seen a transformation that good at the quarterback position like he has i mean he has become you're talking about roger rogers being a leader that dude is the leader of that team i mean he's already you know displayed that so
1: couldn't agree with you more, Gary. So coming out of those five, the way I would have it is they probably go two and three and now they're sitting at what five and seven, five, and with seven. five to go. And and then that would be a situation where you, you know, you, you, you flash it back to 2016 where Roger said, run the table. I mean, if they are sitting at five and seven, they would probably have to run the table then to uh, to get into the playoffs. So uh, are, are they dead and buried yet? No. I mean, has, should, should we start typing their old bit? Maybe it, it wouldn't hurt us right now to have that. <laughs> no, I think you can start ready. typing
0: it, but th- yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, again, that, that's a big stretch. They, they get. I, and I, by the way, agree with you. I think two and three, they end up being five and seven. But you know, this is one of those really bizarre years that you may not even have to be five hundred to get into playoffs this year. I, I think it's that crazy.
1: Well, I, you know, you've got the three in the NFC East that are really good. They're going to make yep. it. Minnesota's yeah. good. Somebody's going to win the South. Somebody's going to win the West, right? Yeah. Regardless you got
0: your, you got your division winners. Then after yep. that,
1: I mean, so now, so now there's one spot left, assuming Green Bay can't catch Minnesota and, and obviously there's plenty of time for them to catch Minnesota, but the odds don't look great. I mean, but if they wouldn't Gary. Um, you know, now you're, let's just say San Francisco gets hot and, and I think they will and win that NFC West and Tampa Bay figures some things out, um, now out now green Bay's probably going against who the Seattles, the Rams of the world, right. Maybe the saints, um, to, to try to get that last playoff spot. I, I mean, at this point in time, Gary, I, I would say 40% chance at best.
0: Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't uh, disagree with that. By the way, uh, your your 49ers made what I consider just an incredible trade last week, getting McCaffrey. Um, he he showed on Sunday already. I mean, the guy was, was, what, traded to the 49ers like three days before the trade? And he yep. comes comes out, and he, and he looked great. I mean, uh, ran the ball well, caught the ball well, blocked well. I mean, what a dynamic weapon to add to that team with, with Debo. And, um, but then again, they get kicked by Kansas city, right? (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. I mean, that's the way the NFL is
1: what San Francisco did is what I think so many fan bases want their teams and their organizations to do. And that's when when you feel you're on the brink of greatness to go for it. Absolutely. absolutely. It's been the number one complaint in green Bay for two decades since Ted Thompson came to town that this organization never quote unquote goes for it. It's, it's what turned so many fans off from the Milwaukee Brewers in 2022, when they traded away their best player um, at the trade deadline, it's, uh, or or one of their top two or three. And at some point in time, Gary, you just, you, you have to say, you know, for, forget 2025 forget 2026 or whatever let's go for it now and I mean the 49ers have so many young studs in the prime of their careers still on manageable serviceable contracts and why not I mean look at that offense all of a sudden right now with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and and Christian McCaffrey and 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 I know they gave up a ton of points to Kansas City last week but they're beat to nonsense right now on defense that group's going to get healthy I, th- I think they're the favorites in the NFC I know they're sitting three and four and and everybody's talking about philly and the cowboys and the vikings this or that when san francisco gets healthy gary and kind of gets mccaffrey in into the flow of things you know say three four weeks down the road boy that's going to be a football team nobody's going to want to play
0: no we're we're definitely on the same page on that as well and people forget jimmy ward has been banged up and to me he's their best player in the secondary You, you can't lose big time players like that that that's had an effect on them. So, Hey, Rob, one final segment here, anything that has stood out about the NFL this season in your mind? I mean, there's been a lot of great storylines, but it, are there one or two storylines that uh, really have caught your eye?
1: Well, I'm going to do one good and one bad. How about that, Gary? You can um, do
0: whatever you want.
1: <laughs> let them all this. Yo. Hey, you're, you're, you're
0: Aaron Rodgers, Okay. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not going to take over this uh, podcast the way he wants to take over the green Bay Packers. You you say, is there one or two things that caught your eye that this league catches your eye every minute, doesn't it? It's, it's, even last
0: night, Rob, uh, you know, the bears, I mean, that that was a great game. The bears actually looked like a legitimate NFL team. Gary who's
1: to say the bears can't get to nine wins and get in the playoffs the way they played last night. Right. That was a, that was a red hot new England team they blew out and, I mean, Chicago seems to have figured it out right there. That they, and, and, and maybe someone there wants to send a memo to Matt LaFleur about the importance of running the football. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they went over 200 yards again last night with those two backs and that quarterback. I mean, but uh, no, I, I, I would say the one thing that jumps out to me more than anything, Gary, is you've got three hall of fame quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady and Russell Wilson. And, and I assume Russell's going to get in yeah, uh, to he the will. ball one day, Yeah, that that to me have completely fallen off the map or their play is pedestrian compared to, to what we're used to seeing. Now, there's different circumstances in every city, right? I mean, Russell, you can go and point to coaching. Um, Aaron, you can point to maybe some of the people around him. Uh, Tom Brady's got personal issues going on no doubt about it, Gary, but they they've all affected them in, in ways that have been dramatically negative for those, for those organizations. Um, and, and the play of all three, uh, you know, we're usually sitting here at this time of the year, Gary, talking about an MVP race yeah. and, 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 you know, and, and we're discussing Rogers, Brady and Wilson among the top five candidates, you know, in an MVP race on a, on a given year. Well, well, not in 2022. I mean, Russell, I know didn't play last week, but, but he's been, he's been dreadful for the most part and has no chemistry whatsoever. It looks like they've got a couple wide receivers that want to get out of town. And, and it certainly looks to me like Nathaniel Hackett could be a one year deal. He could, he could get the Ray Rhodes treatment in Denver. That's um, my guy, Rob. I know it is. I know it is. You might, uh, you might want to look for a new guy, buddy. You know,
0: Bill, Bill Belichick uh, didn't do well in his first year either. Do you not the abandoned my guy
1: <laughs> well, we'll, well we'll see what uh ownership in denver wants to do but i i'm telling you gary it's got all the signs of ray Rhodes right now written on it yeah um, it does that, that's right. an
0: organization that's that's not gonna mess around you know no, what I, mean? I
1: don't think so either you know if, I, I, I don't think so either um,
0: if they go south yeah he, he'll he'll, yep. he'll get canned for sure
1: you know the decline in tom brady's i, I guess gary when you're 45 you, you kind of know what's coming at some point in time, right? The, the question is when, well, may, maybe this is the year and and it's hitting Tom Brady like a ton of bricks and um, he hasn't been nearly the same guy. And and, and then obviously neither is Aaron Rodgers. And, and and I documented that earlier, obviously in the podcast, the, the decline in his numbers and, and his performance coming off of back-to-back MVP season. So Gary, if you would have told me at the start of the year though, that, those three hall of fame quarterbacks would all struggle to the level they are. And all three of these teams, seven games in would be under 500. I would have told you, you were nuts, but again, that's the NFL and there's just no way to plan and account for what's coming year after year. And this, this year to me, one of the great surprises is is just that Rogers Brady and, and Wilson have kind of fallen off a cliff.
0: Yeah, that, that that's really a good assessment. You know who else I'd actually throw into that list. You, you mentioned the three hall of famers. I think there's a fourth Hall of Famer that is struggling big time. His story has kind of been neglected. Stafford? Stafford, absolutely.
1: See, I don't know that he's quite a Hall of Famer. Maybe he is. Maybe with that Super Bowl. Yeah, I
0: I think he's locked now. Maybe, Uh, yeah. But anyways, first of all, he's thrown six touchdown passes this year, right? Right. How many interceptions do you think he's given up?
1: They had the bye week, right? Are they 500? Are they three and three? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, three I'm gonna, and three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with 10. Yeah, he's eight, eight, eight interceptions. That's horrible. Okay.
0: That's, <laughs> right. That is flat out horrible. Six touchdowns, eight interceptions.
1: Well, Gary, do you know that they're, they're dead last in the league in scoring offense?
0: Well, that's because they don't have 2-2 in there. <laughs> Hey, I, I tell you go. what,
1: when, when they bury you, we're going to somehow find a way to to slip the words Tutu and Nathaniel Hackett on your tombstone. Gary. Are one of
0: the greatest names, you know, if you ever have another child, Rob, you got to name him Tutu. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my lord! Uh, but, anyways,
0: but, but I mean, again, oh,
1: it's, it's a good observation, Gary. Yes, I could have easily thrown him in there because he's yeah. struggling immensely, too.
0: Okay, well, anyways, my I, I mean, there's you know, it's the NFL, there's a ton of good storylines, but. Uh, you know, I like the Jets and the Giants and, and how they're reviving football, you know, in the Big Apple. I mean, that city has come alive and, uh, you know, that, that's great for the NFL. But my pick is the success of the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, the Seahawks were supposed to be dead in the water after training Russell Wilson. I mean, everybody thought, my God, you know, they gave up this great Hall, future Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, they're, they're going to be a rudder, rudderless ship. And then uh, not only that, they played in, like we had talked about before, arguably the toughest division in football with the Rams, the 49ers, and the Cardinals. You know, all of a sudden, Geno Smith, we, we were talking about Hurts. Geno Smith looks like a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's completed, I think, right around 74% of his passes, and he's having a better year than Russell Wilson. And then they uh, unearthed the gem in the uh, rookie running back Kenneth Walker the third and I don't know if you saw this uh, Rob the other day he, he had what 168 yards rushing I mean yep. you know, just had a monster game do you remember him from Michigan State
1: oh yeah. extremely well yes
0: yeah you know I, I don't follow college football nearly as closely as you but what was he did you get the impression he was going to be a stud even you know based on what you saw
1: I thought he'd come out of training camp as their starter, Gary, you know, and then to no surprise, you know, Penny who did emerge as the starter in camp gets hurt. He's been hurt his whole career and they inserted Walker. And yeah, it, it, it pained me, Gary, when, when, when that injury happened, I tried to pick up Walker in every fantasy league that I have. And I, nice. I, I got him and I got him in none of them. So, but he, well, you know what I actually
0: did. I got him late, late, late in the draft you know, and I kind of stashed him, but, He's coming out of, the, out of the stash box
1: now. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I tell you what, Gary, he's still got 10 games to go. That that kid's going to go over 1,000 yards. He's yeah. A, he's, yeah. He's a stud. He's got, he's legi- a, stud.
0: He's got yep. a legitimate chance. You know, and I, and I always thought Pete Carroll is an excellent coach. You and I have talked yep. about him a little bit in the past, but uh, what, what he's doing with that team right now just reaffirms my opinion of, of what a really good coach he is. And the Seahawks are – and I guarantee it, nobody, you know, like the Packers, nobody would have said that they were going to be three and four. Nobody was going to say the Seahawks were going to be four and one at this stage. And just, just a a remarkable story, you know, whether that they can sustain this uh, success going forward, who knows, but as of right now, what a great story.
1: It was going to be one of my uh, other ones, Gary, to get to was just the success of Geno Smith. I, I got more, we can, we can bounce off, but uh yeah, I Gary, I think when they went uh, and, and and played the Chargers the other day, they they had five rookie starters. Wow. Um, in, wow in that game. I mean, so they they hit it in the draft. And again, you want to look for another reason why Green Bay is struggling. Look at the top three draft picks, right? Devontae Wyatt can't get on the field no one has seen Christian Watson for the most part. And, and Quay Walker was, again, he was pretty good. the other day against Washington, but he has struggled as a rookie. So those are your top three draft picks and you expected at least two of them to, to kind of come in and be immediate difference makers. And and that hasn't been the case, you know, and um, some of these teams, Gary, that make these dramatic jumps in in today's NFL, it's because they get such a boost from the rookie class Mm -hmm. and and Seattle is, is clearly going to wind up being one of those here in 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 2022, and and it bodes well, obviously, then for for anybody's future because you've got those guys on first time contracts, they're 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 rookie contracts for the next four or five years, where you know you can you can really build something special then around those guys. And and and, and I thought Kunst has drafted okay, Gary, up until now he's he's typically done well in in the first round, but the early signs from this 2022 draft class for him have not been very good.
0: No, no. So, uh, okay, one last thing before we uh, call it a day. Uh, the Packers play at Buffalo uh, this week, and before the season, I, I think if you're a football fan, you kind of circle this game as like a showdown between, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC, one of the best teams in the NFC, and that, ha- that, that will not be the case. Uh, the Packers, if we have talked about incessantly, have, have been, you know, pretty bad so far this season. The bills have been absolutely great. They rank. I don't know if you saw this, Rob or not. They rank first in offense and they rank first in defense. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: You're stealing my thunder, Gary. That's where I was going next. So I'll bounce this off you quick. Yeah. Who's the last team to have done that?
0: You know what? When I, when I saw that, I was thinking the same thing. I have no clue whatsoever. I, I think, I think it's remarkable.
1: 1996 green bay packers
0: there you go i so didn't we're know if they were, they were the last but yeah they
1: were the last and 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 a lot of people gary believed in today's salary cap and free agency era where a lot of teams can only beef up one side of the ball not both a lot of people thought that that record maybe never would be touched or broken yeah. uh well buffalo buffalo's on pace maybe to do it I'm a big believer that in the last 25 years, the best football team I have seen was the 96 Green Bay Packers. They were so complete on both sides of the ball. They could win with offense, defense. Obviously the special teams were remarkable. This Buffalo team might wind up being just as good as those, as those 96 Packers. I mean, Josh Allen's the closest thing we've seen to Brett Favre since Brett Favre. He's, he's the toughest SOB I think in the league. They've, 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 they've put ridiculous playmakers now around him Uh, the the defense was already outstanding a year ago and they added Von Miller who they don't ask to you know play 40 snaps but they ask him to go in there and two three four times a game Gary you know absolutely make a play of the day and wreak some havoc and he's he's done exactly that he he was the biggest reason a couple weeks ago they went to Kansas City and and beat the Chiefs Buffalo's been one of those teams and towns Gary that has kind of turned into a to a sympathetic story through time based on those four straight super bowl losses they had and you know in 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 the early 90s and and i i think this is the this is finally the team in buffalo that that gets them over the hump and and wins them a super bowl the, this to me gary is is not just just the best team in football i i think they're on a neutral field i think they're a touchdown better than everybody else and uh this this is going to be a monumental task Sunday night for for a for a really mediocre to bad Green Bay football team right now.
0: Well, you know what? Uh the one thing I'm looking forward to this game is how the Packers secondary, and, and you, again, you brought this up at, uh, at the outset of the show, that the Packers secondary is pretty good. Yep. Uh, um, you know, although they have not put, you know, faced a lot of great quarterbacks so far and certainly nobody the caliber of Josh Allen, but um, I, I think it's going to be fascinating. The Packers are number one. This, this to me is mind boggling. They're number one in past defense, you know, for all the problems they've had their secondary has held up and, and that's a little ske- skewed by the uh, quarterbacks they played, but, I am very interested to see how Alexander matches up with Diggs, who has been an absolute beast, you know, uh, again this season. And if Alexander can somehow neutralize Diggs, I think the Packers got a shot. As ridiculous as that sounds, but uh, you take Diggs out of that offense, and I, th- I think you, you you're going to be okay. Because I think, again, I, is Rashad Gary expected to play? I assume so. But yep, he'll play. So, you know if if gary can somehow neutralize allen from running crazy which i think he can do uh I, again
1: i i give the packers a chance wow so you've got green bay What in the game hey no, no
0: no 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 i didn't <laughs> i didn't that so don't put words in my mouth.
1: <laughs> i said
0: i think they have a chance and i really do you know i, th- I think they could uh, give the bills a better run than that that 10 and a half point spread
1: well, Gary, I will say this, you know, and, and Green Bay secondary is very good, but num- numbers can be skewed at times. And one of the reasons they are number one in pass defense is because teams are running the ball down their throats. And that's part of it. And, yeah. And, and, you know, and teams are, you know, teams have no problem saying, we're going to run the ball against Green Bay 55% of the time because they, they can't stop the run. So, so obviously there've been fewer pass attempts against green Bay secondary than, than a lot of teams, but you are right. I mean, if Alexander can at least get a draw with Diggs, but l- let's be honest, Alexander lost his matchup to Terry McLaurin last week. McLaurin's
0: better than I thought. I mean, obviously he's a very good receiver, but he's yep. really good.
1: He's outstanding. No, yeah. he's, you know, mid first round pick for coming out of Ohio state. Right. For a reason I, I and Gary, I think Diggs is better. And, you know, so again, if Alexander can get a draw there, That's probably a win for the Packers. Now here, here's the concern, right? Gabe Davis is a really, really good number two. And now you've got Stokes probably on him the majority of the time. And, um, you know, Stokes has not had, um, close to the year. I would say that a lot of people expected him to have the tight end. Dawson Knox is really good. They're deep at the group. So now when they, when they go to three and four at wide receiver, they've probably got advantages over green Bay. And Josh Allen can absolutely absolutely kill people too, Gary, with, with his feet. I think he's got uh, 260 rush yards already in four games, six games. I mean, so that's 40 plus a game at this point in time. 43, 44 yards by just just by the quarterback running around. So, and here's the other thing we didn't touch on much in this in the in this podcast. You know, um, a lot of people spending a, t- a ton of time on. Uh, on Rogers and the wide receivers and, and, and the, and the ridiculously bad numbers that the offense has put up and Amari Rogers and the bad special teams, Gary, in the last four games, the defense has been on the field for 16 possessions. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Four game the opponent has seven touchdowns and four field goals Mm. in that time. They've scored 11 out of 16 drives against Joe Barry's defense. So this defense again, so hyped back in July and August and leaning into the season has not done what it should do, especially at crunch time. I mean, they, they needed to make, you know, green Bay the other day in that in the Washington game pulls within 23, 21, right. With three and a half minutes to go. And you implore your defense to make one stop, give Rogers a chance to go get a field goal. And Rodgers doesn't see the ball again until there's 20 seconds left in the game. Um, You know, this defense hasn't held up, held up either. So I'm not overly optimistic Gary with some of these matchups and, and, and Joe Barry's just not a, Enough of an outside the box creative thinker to come up with some some new sets and schemes that that he can throw at Buffalo, where where the Bills people are saying, "Boy, I, I haven't seen this yet from Green Bay." That's it. That's just not how Joe Barry operates. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 Gary, I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'll take Buffalo to cover 34-13.
0: Wow, wow, okay, and uh, you know, when, when, one final comment at Digs. You know, that dude, I think he has like seven touchdown catches this season, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I I think that's the most among wide receivers. So it's absolutely imperative. You know, if the Bills get into the red zone, which they're going to do, obviously, they got to make sure Diggs is covered, whether it's with with Alexander and another guy or, or Alexander's, you know, blanking, blanking him. Uh, you know, totally throughout that, that's that series, uh, you know, it's going to be so vital. So anyways, uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, you know, we talked about the Packers demise in, in the nation's capital, but if they get blown off the map by the bills, Rob, it's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see Gary, see Gary, I'm, I'm not going to drop the over card yet. Even a, even at three and five, because like you touched on earlier, the NFC is such a hodgepodge yeah, of a yeah. mess right now. Yeah. Um, now getting into the playoffs as the seven seed, and then you you know you, you start the postseason by having to go to San Francisco or Dallas or something like that is is or Philly whatever it turns out to be. That now that that that's not any you know panacea for them. They probably get smoked in a in a, in a, in a, in one of those types of matchups. But, but I I will say this even at three and five, you're only, you're, you're not even quite halfway through in today's NFL. So there, there would be time, but, uh, but, you know, Gary, there, there, there's two ways to kind of look at this game. And and I wrote this story earlier today, You, you remember back in 2010, they were eight and five and they went to new England. Their, their season was kind of at a crisis point and Rogers didn't play in that game in new England. Uh, He had a concussion and, and Matt Flynn was the quarterback and they were a, they were a 14 point underdog on, on Sunday night football, which is exactly what this is going to be Sunday night football. And, and Flynn rallied them that night. He threw three touchdowns. And I think they even led like 27, 20 late in the game. Um, And new England rallied to win 31, 27, but, but that loss Gary really reinvigorated that Packer team that they went and played. A, 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 I think that was a 14 and two new England team that season. And they wound up getting upset in the playoffs and Pittsburgh obviously represented the conference in the super bowl that year. But uh, you know, green Bay then got hot. They kind of had a belief coming back from that new England game that they could play with anybody, even without Rodgers. And they went on that six game winning streak, won the 45th super bowl. Um, and, and before that game, Mike McCarthy, told reporters that, that week at press conferences. And I, and I remember sitting there, Gary, and he said, we are nobody's underdog. We're, you know, we're, we're going out there to win the damn football game. The green Bay Packers aren't an underdog to anybody. And he was a 14 point underdog that night. And they almost pulled off the upset. I'll be really interested to see this week. You know, green Bay is going to go out there about a 10 and a half, 11 point underdog. It looks like how Matt LaFleur rallies this team. Is it, is it the same vanilla say nothing, Matt LaFleur, that we've gotten to know now for three and a half years, or does he actually get up to the podium for once with a little bit of fire and try to, you know, try to, try to light a match under some of these guys. I I think it's going to be a fascinating week to watch Matt LaFleur too, from a psychological standpoint, how he tries to rally his team. Really Gary, the first time they've been a double digit underdog since that game with Mike McCarthy uh, back in 2010, when they went to new England.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great, great points. So, you're suggesting that the uh, Packers should start Jordan Love? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Tell you what, as, as crazy as the concept is, you know, Packer Nation. I, I think that was lighting up Twitter the other day, wasn't it? <laughs> we can hold on
0: the uh, Jordan Love stuff. I think brilliant. so, too. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> hey, Rob, what's the old expression? The uh, hay is in the barn. Uh, another podcast is in the books. Uh, thanks for taking time out of your incredibly hectic schedule. You are Mr. Workaholic. Uh, Every time I talk to you, you're you're working, which is uh, very commendable. I I appreciate people like that. So, anyways, thanks to you, and uh, thanks to our loyal legion of listeners. Take care, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You
1: can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofl and WooflesPressBox.com.